the, sir, uh, the topic at hand, guys, and got to put the readers on real quick here. But, um, well, first I want to say this, um, this has been a great teaching series. Um, I know from, I've been blessed myself. We've talked a lot about simplifying our lives. Um, we've talked about prioritizing. We had Pastor Ben talked about, uh, and, you know, about the Sabbath rest and just resting in, in God. Um, so it's been super good and being more focused on God's purpose. Today, um, what the, it really, a lot of these are spiritual disciplines. Today, we're going to talk about slowing and slowing. And I love how the, the author, um, how John, uh, the author of this book, was talking about, you know, he's bringing a lot of different suggestions. And he, and he encourages you just to grab those nuggets that apply to yourself, that, that apply to your life, that, you know, put those to use. It doesn't necessarily mean that everything you're going to do is going to apply to you individually. Um, but we're going to talk about uh, slowing, which... From, I know for myself, um, even this week was just crazy. I, I, you guys probably don't know, I work two jobs, got four kids. My life is to be a little busy. My wife and I are driving to Florida tomorrow night, so it's been a crazy week where our God daughter, the, the, actually the guy that led me to the Lord from the Navy, his daughter is getting married on Saturday. So we're driving down to Florida, down to Palm Bay, and we're going to participate in that. So it's been a crazy week. At, um, but what I want to focus on particularly is that slowing at first glance probably doesn't make sense to many Americans. Um, you know, we're raised to believe that success and self-worth really is are achieved by business. You know, my, my dad was a very, um, was a professional. He started as a teacher, ended up being a principal, then got his doctorate from Columbia University, ended up being a school superintendent. And so he has two masters, very accomplished man, but he was always running 100 miles an hour, always doing Lions Club, Kiwanis, talking in the evenings, and I think my brother and I, we have three kids, we always kind of wish he was a little more at home, if I was being honest. We kind of grew up, all three, the, the three of us, my, my sister and brother and I, all wanted maybe him to be more, we, we saw him more on the summers. We used to take a two-week sailing trip every summer, and we hung out with him more than those two weeks than the other 12 months. So my brother and I purposely kind of wanted to spend more time with our family. But anyway, going back to this, I, I really believe God wants us to deviate from our, our cultural norm, norm and wants to adopt a different lifestyle, um, not to be frantic, not to be rushing all the time, to be focused and available to God's purposes and priorities. I personally want to be available to make a godly impact in my family, my coworkers, our church members, and my community. Um, and I want to be, in the past, even in the church, we can focus so much on what we're doing. You know, if you have a call in your life, you want to be achieving all these things. And sometimes I think we miss the mark that really our first calling is to grow in relationship with Christ and also to develop his character. And that's how we have the impact on, folk, on people around us. So I really think that what's, you know, we're, we're supposed to focus more on God himself and his character and righteousness. But what I'd like to do first before we dive in is just pray, pray over our group, if we would. So if you could bow your heads in prayer. Um, Lord, I just ask right now, I prepared my heart. I pray, Lord, you speak through me and make this topic be relevant. May it be practical. All of us are here, dear God. We want to grow in your wisdom. We want to grow in our relationship with you. We want to make a real impact to our community, to our families, to our friends. And I pray we're here, Lord. I pray this word goes out. And if we prepared our hearts to, to learn from you. And have your work on us. May we be changed today that we be more useful in your kingdom. And we pray this in your holy name. 
name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Well, the first things I want to j- jump in here, guys, was the obvious thing that kind of struck me, and I'm, I'm kind of, I just trust God led me as I prepared for this over the last couple of weeks, is one, the first topic I want to hit is going to be that we have to be willing to change. It's right up in the, <laughs> look at the screen there. We have to be willing to change, and one thing, if, if any of us want to be spiritually mature, if we want to be used by God, we have to allow God to change us. Um, it's pretty neat. We've heard a theme from Pastor Matt, from um, Matt, who also spoke, that heard recently that pruning is for our good, you know, and, and if we're going to grow, God, we've got, if we're going to produce more eternal fruit, God's got to change our hearts and our minds, but it's not a negative thing. That pruning is good for us, and I want to read first uh, from Hebrews 12, verse 4, you know, there's that right of that scripture we talked about the great cloud of witnesses and how God, what Christ did for each of us. And no trial we can go through is similar to what, how Christ shed his blood for each of us. But it, right down in verse 4, it says, For those who the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. All discipline for the moment seems to be joyful, not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet for those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And this shows that, you know, we can expect, just like our heavenly, our earthly fathers trained us and disciplined us for our good, so we'd grow up to be responsible adults. I tell my kids all the time, you know, we, we just let you do anything you want to do. Um, you wouldn't grow up to be responsible kid, uh, you know, adults. But same thing with God, even more so for God. You know, and I think even through this book, I've kind of been learning more about growing in spiritual maturity. Uh, most of us want to help people and speak life to individuals. I know I do all the time. My primary day job, I was a full-time real estate agent for 12 years with Remax. And then God kind of did some circumstance where I went back to work for a day job, and I still sell in the evenings. But I've been, I've, I'm a teacher and instructor on the Naval Base. And so I teach classes of probably 40 to 50 people every week. Um, most of the average age is probably... 20 to 25 is the average age, and so I really try to pour into these guys, but I want to be, I want to speak life to individuals. I want to be an effective parent. I want to make a difference at my workplace. Every time I go in there, I pray for these folks. Um, we benefit if we experience God's presence through each day and in the Spirit's leading. We all want breakthroughs in our lives, in the lives of individuals we are around, and most of us, our prayer, a heart of our, our even of, as our congregation, we want to see a move of God. I know I badly want to see it. We want to bring the lost to Christ. We want to, I have a ton of family that's not saved. I want to see those folks saved. Um, one thing we need to do is we need to um, not have our Western culture influence our mind. And it's not just sin. I believe what God's showing us in this, this, this teaching is it's not to have a busy, anxious mind all the time. We want to have the mind of Christ. Um, we could train and discipline our minds. We, we ultimately want to have the priorities of our thoughts be honoring to God and his purposes. And one of my favorite scriptures is Romans 12, 1 through 2. That, and it says, do, in the view of God's mercy, it says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's NIV right there. So we can do this. Uh, one thing we need to do is, um, and it says right there, to resist being conformed by the U.S. culture, our, our world culture, I'm sorry, Western culture. Um, one of the things the book talked about was waging war against hyper-living. Uh, there's a popular speaker in, in Futurist, David Zak, that the author mentioned, that he called hyper-living skimming along the surface of life. 
And he was, I never heard the word futurist. What that means is he specializes in futurology and the attempt to systematically explore predictions and the possibilities about the future. And we probably more often hear it called trend analysis. And so he would meet with businesses, um, other organizations to know what to expect in the future, in the next, with our economy, how do we prepare for a growing, a, a changing market? Uh, how do we, uh, you know, sell products to the millennials and stuff? So what he was talking about there, um, him and another author was John Orberg, actually that's the author of the book, but they were saying that we want to develop counter habits to wage war against hyper living. Um, and he said, what, what they were talking about in the book was deliberately placing yourself in a position where you have to wait. And what was on my heart is, if we get too busy with, with work, we can neglect the people we love most, and God himself. We just don't spend, we're really not available. And frankly, as a dad, I, I catch myself doing it sometimes. My wife is half Puerto Rican, she can be fairly direct, and she'll tell me if I'm messing that up. You know, hey Steve, those kids need your attention right now. So she's good about that. I think God speaks through her half the time. So, um, but it also help, helps me at work. Sometimes we get so busy, we don't, I catch myself not even saying hello in the grocery store. Or, you know, there, there's all, so many opportuni opportunities. And I'll even listen to others, because I come across service members all the time. Am I so busy, I'm not going to listen to where they're at? So I, I was encouraged as I went through this lesson. I want to give you guys two quick examples. One is I used to work for a German company doing sales for three years. We sold, it was called um, Shock Metal America. It was out of Stuttgart. And it was actually a close friend of mine I worked for. We sold ball-bearing slides. But what was interesting is the German people, all of our products were made in Germany, in, in, in uh, Schoendorf near um, Stuttgart. They thought we were crazy half the time. Because we're Americans. We just run 100 miles an hour. And we called there. And the, the chief engineer's name was Uwe. And he's like, Steve, we can't. You know, our, our clients want this product in three weeks. But normally, the production time is, let's say, it's two months. And they just thought we were crazy half the time. And also, I started to realize that maybe they got it right. Because they would take, we'd call over there, we'd be on vacations all the time. They would have holidays all the time. And I thought, man, you know what? Maybe we got it wrong here. And so I really I kind of learned to appreciate that. Um, also, I, lived, I spent a season living in Ghana. When I first, um, uh, first stepped into ministry of, of sorts, kind of on a part-time level, I, I spent nine months in Ghana and helped, helped start a church over there. And what I found is the people were just, their attitude was so different than ours. They walked for miles. At the time, it sounds kind of strange, for nine months I gave that as a bucket because our water came from, there's a Kamasi Dam, and there'd be one spigot that you had to walk like a mile and a half to get to this one spigot to get buckets of water. That's a different lifestyle. But I learned that, you know, it's just, um, just a different mentality. I just got a chance to go back there for Thanksgiving for four days. And man, despite all these challenges, these guys love God. They were so on fire. And I wanted to talk to Pastor Brad at some time, because I think you spent time in Ghana too, didn't you? They are so devout people. And now there's some other stuff, other counter-religion stuff, crazy stuff in there too, with fetish priests. And so there's a spiritual battle over there oftentimes, but I really get, went to, I, I really appreciate their, how they value life and family and how they focus on God. So. Um, one thing I just want to encourage you guys as we're kind of going through this lesson was I was challenged by this lesson to engage in the moment. Now, it's something my wife is super good at. I mean, she grew up in a big family. She is super good at engaging the moment. 
honestly, my, my dad, until he was, we were older, probably the first time he really said he loved us was probably in maybe our 30s. So we just didn't, hugging, you know, I, we just didn't do that. Whereas, um, I, I got to tell you one story that's kind of funny. Because so the first family reunion I went to up in New York, everybody's dancing and they're all dancing Latino style, right? So I'm dancing. I noticed all the ladies were, were hugging and kissing each other cheek. Well, I thought that was for guys and, and, and ladies too. So I went up, when I kissed probably the fifth guy, I realized they're not all doing this. So anyway, little food for thought. So a little lesson to move slowly on that stuff. So they, they thought, the ants thought it was hysterical that, oh, look at Steve. Well, okay, this is white boy trying to, trying to fit in there. But um, yeah, so it was kind of crazy. But, um, but I really, in my heart was that sometimes we get, we get so busy, we don't always acknowledge God as we, you know, with, with our daily lives. So... I want to slow down, um, and I want to make one other point. So I mentioned about my dad. Um, with my dad being busy, and because he was so focused on his career, my parents split my freshman year in college, and I think that was a really a lot big part of it. My mom was like this free spirit. Almost, she would probably would have been a really good hippie, wearing moo-moos all the time. She had short hair. She was this free spirit, and I think we just grew apart because of that. My dad was so focused on his career all the time. And I think later in life, when he got into probably his 50s, he realized that he wanted to slow down himself some. So it was a lesson for us, too, to focus on family and what's really important in life. But a couple things I want to share with some scriptures. Let scriptures warn Christians about hyper-living. Um, Matthew 6.25 says, Do not worry about life, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen. So just, you know, if we focus on God, he'll take care of the rest. Give you a great example of this week. I was supposed to make, I haven't had a sale all year. For, I, I do pretty well. Usually I average 12 to 18 houses a year, something like that. Well, my first big paycheck was supposed to be Tuesday. got delayed for a week. And we're supposed to go to Florida. And I'm like, I didn't want to tell Yvette because I'm sweating. Well, it turns out uh, she's a miracle worker. She pulled money out of some place. And it's all paid for. I, I, I finally told her over dinner, and she's like, oh, I already paid for that. And here I was all nervous for two days because of that thing. But God provided. Um, Fli- uh, Philippians 4.8, I'm sorry, 4.5 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And in a positive testimony, I have three closings coming up. So don't, don't, feel, don't feel sorry for me. Yeah, we're, we're good. Um, you know, one of the things that was on my heart as I was going through the scripture was sometimes we focus so much on what Christ did for actions. This, I was led to think more about what his character was like. What was he like on a daily basis? If he interacted with you in a, on a you know, walk in the street, what would he be like? So I, I started thinking more about that. And, you know, I think maybe we're, when we're called to be more Christ-like, how do we live daily and have similar goals and a mindset like Jesus had? Um, we want to train our minds. There's one thing I was going to share with you guys. I think I might have made it. Um, you know, again, train our minds not just to do what Jesus did, but to walk daily like he did with his lifestyle, to have his spiritual discipline, because it's a, it's a different focus, right? Um, we want to develop his character. Um, if we do that, I think we'll open up ourselves to more of the Spirit's leading and power. We'll grow closer to God, but it is a walk of faith, so it doesn't mean it's all easy. I mean, if Christ said to follow him, we are followers of Christ and to follow his, his example. 
We want to be engaged in the moment and engaged in the people around us to make a difference. Um, and again, my wife is super good at it. I kind of, I marvel at how, because ladies are so good at communicating anyway. You know, it's proven guys, you know, use 10,000 words a day. I think I use mine in the first hour, of, you know, in the morning. But it's, uh, she's so good at engaging people, and I, I, I try to copy some of that, too, with her. Um, 2 Timothy 1.8 says, um, God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, spirit of love, power, and sound mind. And, it, and also, some interpretations say disciplined mind. So we can do it. And one thing I wanted to share, which I'm looking, I can't see it through my notes here, but um, someone from the church mentioned a pastor I should check out from Life Church. And it's Pastor Craig Gobel, I think is his name, Kosha. So I've only heard one of his sermons because I was driving to work, and he said a really thing that had to do with this, you know, because God just kind of gives a similar message. He said so many of us use the word that we're, we're trying. We're trying to develop spiritual lessons. He said replace that with training. Because the Bible uses all these um, examples of, of athletic training. And he says, if you're training, it's a step-by-step. -step. If it's something you're, you're, you're adapting to, you're learning to, if we're trying, we're kind of giving ourselves an out all the time. It helped me out a little bit. So spiritual training, I thought that was a great thing. Um, you know, and all of us, I think, also 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. You know, all of us, I think we desire... We want to be, and we're talking about as our, our congregation, we want to develop the heart of Christ because we're really God's heart and hands extended to other people. And the only way we can do that right is if we have his anointing, we have his character, we have his love. So it's something I think we all kind of want to, at least I want to focus on that. A couple of things I want to share with you guys. I know we're kind of short on time a little bit, but a couple of goals and benefits from slowing. Um, that we'll achieve inner peace when our schedules align with our values. So something really important. Um, sometimes we can focus so much on work, but what's our values to align with that? Um, I want to train to engage in people and really deliberately focus on people's needs. Um, one of the I love Psalms 37, 4. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. So we focus on him. He'll take care of that. In God, we live, move, and have our being. Um, also, Galatians 5 says, but I say walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. One thing I've noticed even the last year is that if I pray for people, like I'll pray for them before I go into a class, or I'll even pray for them before I go into with my coworkers. If I pray for them, I notice prior to interacting with them, I tend to be more focused and more engaged with them, and I'll, have more, I'll be more encouraging. And also, I notice, too, if I focus more on helping others, I tend to not dwell on my own challenges. Something that, and I'm naturally kind of wired for that a little bit. I, I could be anxious pretty easy. So a couple things I want to say from the book. There was some methods of slowing that, that, you know, that, that John, the author, had mentioned. He had, and, and one of the things, methods of slowing, one thing that struck me in my mind was, uh, we use a word, you guys hear that word, slow your roll? Slow your roll, you know, so... I asked my, my teenagers if they ever used that, and they said, no, Dad, <laughs> that's not, uh, don't even try, don't even try. So, um, but we can slow down our minds and our souls to a pace that we can taste and see that the Lord in life is good. So here's some examples of what the, the, what the uh, author had mentioned. He talked about driving. Now, one of his first example was driving in the slow lane and going the speed limit. I considered it for about two minutes. 
And then I rejected that one. So I was like, <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. So, uh, but what was on my heart was, I think, I catch myself, sometimes I'm always doing actions, but sometimes I think even in the car we need to slow down and just, just listen to music, um, just be still and be quiet in God's presence. So something to think about. But also maybe think of an example. Sometimes, especially in your bumper-to-bumper traffic, if you simply roll down the window, especially in the spring, and watch the grass and watch things around you, that, that inner peace comes over you. And, even so, and it kind of releases even that, that anxiety you have. Um, one of the things I do regularly <laughs> on the way home is I'll pull into the Wendy's parking lot near our house, and I'll just chill for a little bit and kind of re- re-engage myself, ready to step into the family so I can really give it myself to them. Because sometimes you give at work all the time, and you kind of want to re-engage with your family. Well, a couple, also, a couple other spiritual habits I wanted to, to mention to you guys. I found myself <laughs> at work. I first added a prayer time in my morning before I get in the car. Now, I will say this, too. I, I have to go to work. Remember, I work on the base. I don't know who made these starting times, but this is not my. Mondays, I get to be there at 6 o'clock. Tuesday and Wednesday, I have to be there at 6.30. And I'm like, that is un- that is, that's ungodly <laughs> right there. So it's crazy. So, But I, I still, I notice I pray, I pray for a few minutes in the house. I pray in my car. Um, I also had a prayer time at, at, in the evening. Now, I think, Pastor Ben, I love what he mentioned about Oswald Chambers, and I just want to second that, because my brother's read Oswald Chambers for years, because he was saved before I was, and he was a teacher in the late um, ninth, late 1800s, and his wife put those his, his writings together. So they're fantastic. If you ever want a really good devotional? Um, just a couple other things, too, that I try to do, or I've been even even chargers rubbing off on me because he's witnessing all the time. So I'm trying to interact more at the grocery store. Now, I'm not going in the slowest line. I, I'm not quite that reformed yet, but so but at least trying to I'm interacting with them and saying, How you doing? My newest thing, and I'm trying to say, even on the base, I go through the spirit and I say, Have a blessed day. I'm just trying to throw out that kind of some just to get them thinking a little bit. So just trying to kind of be blessing folks. Um, some of the lessons in the book, too, were to parent your phone. I thought that was a really good one. Just like we do with our kids. <laughs> Maybe I kind of felt convicted. Like, I tell my kids not to do it, and then I need to parent my phone myself. Because what the focus was, I said, don't let your phone set your emotional equilibrium. If you watch news or emails first thing in the morning, it can kind of mess up your attitude for the day. So just be, kind of be cautious with that. Um, one thing I try to do is I have my Bible open my desk all day. So I just, every once in a while, if I'm feeling a little anxious, I kind of crack that thing open and read the word a little bit at work. Um, I've had people notice it on my desk, too, which is a little bit of a witness. So that's been good. And one of the things I love that he said, they shared in the book here was, was how to win the day. And I'm kind of towards the end here, guys. But it, he was saying how to practice keeping my priorities in check Start my day in love, joy, and peace instead of getting sucked into the hurry, anxiety, and outrage of the world. And I would even say to avoid the fear and hopelessness and just the sin in the world. Try to kind of avoid that because we can, it, can, it can affect us. It can kind of put a, a damper on our attitudes. One thing I was reminded of is if you don't order, organize your schedule, other people will do it for you. It's something I was always taught. Um, Especially doing real estate, we time block a lot. They teach you how to do that stuff. So maybe make sure you utilize your time. The other thing that was in my heart as I was reading this thing too was schedule first based on priority. 
So that means you put family on your schedule. For me, it also means my priority is evangelism. We, and I'm just a little pl- uh, 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 a plug in here for that. It's first and first and third Saturday at nine o'clock. We have a team that goes out. That's super important. I feel like it's, it's God's priority for me. And then even this Wednesday prayer is a priority as well. And one thing I always try to do is, is get input from my spouse when I'm doing my planning my weekends and stuff. Let her get the first call on it. Because half the times I forget the stuff too, right? So I'm just being real. Uh, oh, yeah, we have these, we're going to someone's house or the kids have a dance, you know, recital or something. Um, so last thing I want to kind of share with you guys and we'll kind of close in prayer is that, um, that train yourself to slow and maintain the peace of God. It does take practice. And uh, two things that reminded me of is one is when I, we moved back to Washington State, it wasn't, I moved back, I waited 15 years thinking this was like, like my time to move back where I, where I grew up in home. And it wasn't everything I hoped. I, the real estate was tougher than I expected. Um, my family wasn't hanging out as much as they used to. The, there was just a lot of challenges. But one thing I got to develop is I regularly went out in our backyard and I walked the trails behind the house and I tried to really experience the peace of God on a regular, time, regular basis and just develop that regularly so I would have the right attitude going into the challenges. The other thing that reminded me of as well is my last job was an HR position. I was a, um, an HR generalist. And I worked with two ladies that were very talented, and, but they ran like 120 miles per hour. These two ladies were, they were my, my, uh, my supervisors. And we kept on being shorthanded, so they kept on dumping more on my plate. And I was like, man, Lord, I can't do this. They're driving me. And then they would nitpick me. Steve, you sent, you, they would say, hey, your emails, you put the wrong first name on it. I'm like, come on, give me a break, man. This is ridiculous. And I was discouraged a couple times, but, you know, every time I said, God, I need your help with this. I can't do it in my own strength. I would say, okay, I'm committed to this process. And he would give me the supernatural strength. And it would almost be instantaneous. So it kind of made me think about that as well. Um, the last couple things I want to do, and then I want to close in prayer, um, is one I want to say, one is that the word of, one of the things that we want to do is that this is our strength. The word of God is living and active. We immerse ourselves in this on a daily basis. And then lastly, just I love Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace that transcends all understanding and surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Just an awesome saying. And even there was a, a realtor I just I was emailing just this week. It said, and on her text message, it said, be, be thankful in all things. I thought that was awesome, man. So that, that had a good attitude. Well, just guys, quickly in summary, I want to say one is that we need to practice slowing as a spiritual discipline that we can train and discipline our minds, that God disciplines us for our own good, and it's a good thing. We can develop counter habits so our Western culture does not influence our minds. We can have the priorities of our thoughts be honoring to God and his purposes, and we're more likely to have the spirits leading and him be active in our lives, and that, that way we'll be more effective in impacting other people's lives and expanding God's kingdom, and we'll be successful daily in God's view, in his perspective. But thank you guys. That was it. Appreciate it.